0: Welcome to this conversation brought to you by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Today I'm having a chat with Philip Bloom. Hi, Philip. Hey, how's it going, Jed?
1: How's it going, dude?
0: very well, thanks. Thanks for doing this with me. At, here we are at WPPI
1: Las Vegas. Yeah, you've, you've got quite the view from this, uh, we'll call it a suite, because I, uh, the people are just listening on radio so they can imagine whatever <laughs> they want. But but the view is actually awesome. This is beautiful. It is, it is, I was blessed with a very nice view. See the pyramid, the Luxor, and then all the uh, you can the, see the Tower. St- you can see France yep. from here. You can it's see amazing. the
0: strip, and you see a nice view of the mountains over the airport. It's pretty sweet. Um, tell me about yourself
1: you you and your yeah. wife yeah we're um we're just country bumpkins from <laughs> the rural south so we uh, we live about a couple hours outside of Atlanta so mm-hmm. everyone knows where that is actually um we, we live pretty close to where I was born and raised which is Athens Georgia mm-hmm. and funny enough it's it's under a hundred thousand people are right at it. But people all over the world seem to know it because R.E.M. Right. And it's kind of a cool music scene, um, University Town. So we love – it's a creative culture arts um, center – that can also work against you when you're a professional photographer because there's the university and all these art schools, and yeah. you know it's almost a hobby of ours to just watch how many photographers flood the market with new websites every year. <laughs> and uh, when you're around long enough, though, you get to see the trends and how how many right. of them slip through. And sure. and so it's, uh, but we we love it there, and we live in. Kind of uh, among the cow pastures and cotton fields, mm. thirty minutes away from town. So okay. it's a uh, it's great. So you're great. thirty we're,
0: minutes outside of Athens, even.
1: Right, we're in Watkinsville. Uh, I think our population is twenty two hundred, and mm-hmm. it's a good place to raise kids. So yeah. we've got three kids, and um, yeah, they can. It's the kind of town in America where you can still just say go outside and play, and right. and send them on their way. Yeah, so we not, love it. Not worry about it. Yeah,
0: I like that piece. Your topic is uh, an interesting one, building a successful photo business in a bad market. Right. <laughs> now, you know what struck me, is that you called it a bad market. That's that's direct, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, explain that a little bit. Tell me what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, you know, so Eileen and I like a lot, probably, it's such a common tale. We kind of started our photography business on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was teaching high school, and Eileen was working at Starbucks as a barista, um, and we were newlyweds. And uh, I, but I was also a photographer hobbyist. Right. And a friend of ours, um, you know, wanting photography on the cheap for her upcoming wedding, right. just asked uh, to see some of my my work because you know she friends knew that I was a, a photographer on the side, playing around with it. Um, so I asked Eileen, my new bride at the time. Mm-hmm. This is going back more than a decade now. Um, Wow. And I look so young. (laughs) I I don't know how that happened. (laughs) But um, right at a decade. And so um, Eileen, man, I love her so much. She's a classic overachiever. And she's so good at everything she does. But instead of just emailing some portfolio pictures to our friend, like I asked her to do, she went and sort of figured out how to create a little website to really display it pretty, you know.
0: This was over ten years ago.
1: Yeah, so right at right out of ten years, wow. and um, and so she put these few images online, like in a little gallery, and lo and behold, uh, pretty soon strangers started calling our phone number. <laughs> and, really? Yeah, and it turned in within within one, and now this is, I have to be careful how I tell this short bit of the story because. Man, we thought we had made it, and I know that our friends thought we had made it at the time, but there was kind of some stuff going on behind the scenes of how a business really operates. Um, But I will say that within that one year, we both left our jobs and went full-time. One year? Yeah, less than a year. Um, So we... Um it was it was great in terms of we had so much business we couldn't possibly yeah. get our hands in anything else. Yeah. Um in fact we couldn't really even have time to invest in our relationship right. our relationships anymore. It was hard right. on our marriage. Right. Um that was the drawback. Um but uh we certainly had to learn a lot about business before any success came yeah, because Were you making we're, money
0: right off the bat too?
1: N- no indeed. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's the piece that's pretty interesting because um you know, we jumped into it, but mm. it's like a fling and, and so excited, you know, mm. very optimistic about the future um, at, at young, <laughs> newlywed age. Right. But then had only we done our market research ahead of time, we would have known that the, our, the market, our local market that we had to serve was then and is, is now the highest poverty rate in the United States of America. Oh my. So here you have a, you know, a little town of a hundred thousand or so Um and only a small percentage of that number is really reachable as Mm -hmm. potential clients for Mm -hmm. for a photography business. Um, if you want to make money now, early on we just thought, what what do we do? You know, you have to. We didn't have any market strategy. We just thought you have to charge less so that people will hire you. Right. And I'll say our our view of marketing and how markets work is much more sophisticated and refined after ten years now. Sure um but that was that was kind of where we started and i'll say th- so that second year in business after about 2 years of struggling yeah um and st- long nights um you know working editing mm. for uh, you come to a point where you know your friends start saying um, you know, I know you're gonna I know you're always busy, but would you like to come to this thing? Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon you notice that people just stop inviting. They you. stop asking, yeah. And it's it was really frustrating, for, really sad, really tragic for us. Um definitely re- realized that our, our relationship was sh- uh, struggling. We should have been, you know, getting to know each other as newlyweds, and yeah. instead we're our, our business is taking over our lives mm. and we can't we can barely pay our bills. So um just sort of the short I, I think the next thing that happened in our lives was pretty remarkable and it was what I would call a turning point for us. Um, two things really that happened. Um, one, Eileen got pregnant for the first time mm-hmm. and man, I was walking on air. Like, <laughs> all I ever wanted to do was be a daddy and, <laughs> and have a family. That is awesome. So, so, you know, forget what, what you know, maybe the business will fail. We'll go, sure, you can go back and be a Starbucks barista. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden all these ambitions <laughs> and stuff don't mean as much to me anymore. Because I'm going to be a daddy, and mm-hmm. so and I love that we were self-employed, and I could go with Eileen to all of her OB appointments, and right. as the baby grew, we can just like hear her heartbeat and this familiar sound, this just like love welling up in my heart like never before, mm. and I'll, I'll I'll never remember that uh, the day that we went in for an OB appointment and we're laughing as they kind of jelly up her her belly bump to to use the ultrasound machine and just waiting to hear that heartbeat again and. And that time, all we just hear is the, the clock ticking on the wall. There's, there's no heartbeat. Mm. Um, and that, it was just hard. Cause I think as young adults for the first time realizing we make a lot of plans for the future mm-hmm. and, uh, have a lot of expectations and, and hopes. And sometimes those things just don't, un sort of, sort of, uh, unfold the way that, that you hope they will. Yeah. Um, and so, really stepped back and realized um life is short Mm. life is fragile and why are we just like what are we working around the clock for if we're neglecting our relationships we Mm -hmm. need to we need to step back and remember who we are Mm -hmm. and who eileen and i realized we were the way we were raised um it was to be about something bigger um to, to just rely on God to use us to help people and be a blessing to others. And so we kind of stepped back and decided we would do something very uh, very irresponsible. <laughs> so I'm not sure if this was the best response when we were, our business was failing. Um, but we took out all of our savings, uh, the meager savings that we had in the bank, and um, decided to use it to help uh, this amazing nonprofit that we heard about in Guatemala that was getting kids out of the slums, one of the more dangerous slums, and giving them education, um, safe family environment. Um, and I loved what they were doing because we had close connections to Guatemala. And they were doing it with, no one knew about them. They were just doing it on a shoestring budget. And we thought we can we can help them. Let's go and take some photos and help promote them and help tell the story of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of get our focus back on what matters most to us instead of just pictures of pretty girls and pretty dresses. Um, and so we went down there, had never shot a video before, um, and that's what they said they needed the most. They'd really like a three-minute promo video.
0: What What drew you to do all of that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we Eileen and I both grew up, um, doing overseas uh, missions trips. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I I grew up very poor myself, but my parents, the focus was always on helping others, not like being, feeling sorry for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that international experience of seeing the third world and that puts in perspective, like our property is nothing.
0: It sure does. We even,
1: she and I actually even met overseas and found out after sparks flew, you know, and, uh, and there was kind of that love at first sight when we met, um, on the other side of the world, and then only later found out that our families live within one hour of each other. Is that right? Here, uh, back here in Georgia, okay. or there in Georgia, we're in Las Vegas now. But right. yeah, small kind of small world. Like we knew somebody was planning that out better than we ever <laughs> could have planned it. Yeah, yes. And, um, and so we just wanted to get back to that and not get caught up in making money and trying to build a business as a number one. Mm-hmm. So we go to we went to Guatemala and just hold up honestly. We've never shot a video before. We'll take some pictures and we'll try to put together some video for you. You're not paying us, so if it fails, right. no big no right. deal. Right. And it ended up being the best proving ground, the best way to learn, because there was no pressure. Right. Um, and the the story was so compelling of what they were doing. Mm. And these boys that they're working with who live on streets and a slum where the police won't even enter in. Mm. Um, and these kids are so ambitious. they have, they're, They don't know enough to know that they shouldn't <laughs> expect much from their lives. They're like, right. no, we can do whatever. Right. If we just have the opportunity. So, um, the video that we tried to make, instead of being a three minute promo, um, turned into a feature length documentary film, um, that ended up touring 30 States and My showing goodness. in film What's festivals. that called? I saw that on your Documentary film is called Lost Boys of Paradise. Right. And so we started screening that back in 2011. Um, and man, that, that was just kind of an eye opener for me and th- what what we do as photographers um and and visual communicators is so crazy powerful cuz cause, yeah. cause as humans we're visual creatures. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to um I just and so I'm, that's just one of my biggest encouragements to anybody is to realize as photographers, as as cinematographers, videographers, we basically have superpowers. Yeah. And And yet I feel like these people who are sometimes in sort of behind the scenes and doing the work, you know, like, like this organization, Guatemala, they're, they're the heroes. Yeah. And if we could just lend them some of of our abilities is so valuable. So it was without telling like our whole life story, the short of the short suite of it is that we found that doing projects like that actually plays a really big role in your business doing well, because people and market research bears this out, but people like to do business with businesses that have values that they relate to, businesses mm. they trust. And I think in a combination of doing that project, and then of course we came home and we still didn't have any money. <laughs> right. But we right. put we put into, um, we did a big overhaul of our business structure and got smart and started learning some stuff and try, instead of trying to be artists and like reinvent the wheel. Based just,
0: on, was, that, was part of that based on the perspective that you had gained in doing the guatemala project
1: yeah i I mean i think in a big picture way i think it probably was um i think you come back from a trip like that and you come back with a certain level of humility
0: yeah um
1: and so instead of like you know kind of uh, faking faking it you make it kind of thing yeah. where your friends think you're doing well because you right. all of a sudden went full time and you're right. like oh yeah yeah and and just th- trying to throw marketing ideas at the wall until you you hope something sticks right. I think we came back and realized you know so what, we're never going to be rock star photographers or anything. that doesn't matter right. what matters is we're going to build a business and we're going to make it work because we want our business to basically be the fundraising arm for all of these projects and personal things that we can we can do in the world yeah I love it so, um, so that we got smart. I, this is the crazy thing. Eileen has a business degree. So we're like, we should probably use some of your knowledge <laughs> yeah. and probably get some mentors or something. <laughs> like and, and so we just, we just did that and we restructured our business and we can sort of talk about what those restructuring things were. But it was kind of like overnight, um, became a fastest growing business and became really profitable.
0: Well, I, I would like to talk about some of that stuff in more detail because, um, here, here's what I've heard for such a long time, um, various, uh, strategies and events that we've, that we've put on or various things that even we've done in our business, um, and certain numbers that people ask you about and you start Mm. throwing out averages and whatnot. And I hear time and time again, but I can't do that where I live. (laughs) And, and then I say, well, I'm from a small town in central Illinois, Mm -hmm. um, with that's, that's, really You're from up there where my dad is people are from. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy. With, with a lot of photographers like you said, there's there's a ton of them everywhere and right. and it can be done. Like it, it's one of those things that if it can be done where I'm at, it can be done virtually anywhere and it sounds like that's even more true um for you guys. Absolutely. What are some of the like meat and potatoes sorts of strategies and whatnot that you have
1: implemented? Yeah. So Right before meat and potatoes, let's kind of look at the dining room table. So okay, I like it. The big picture here is that you, we all hear it time and time again. Yeah, Everyone looks at, you know, they, they start their own business, a photography business, and they say, mm, I'm not doing well because the market is fill in the blank. It's oversaturated right. mm-hmm. with other photographers. Mm-hmm. And you know, what, you know what the idea is? The idea is that there's this one market, there's like this little group of people you can you're looking down at the tops of their heads and all these photographers are trying to jump up and down and attract those all those people to themselves right um and whoever takes the most awesome epic images or something oh my goodness all the people are gonna run over to them them, yeah and so you're like oh shoot um if i could just take better pictures i'll I'll buy all the fancy gear i'll do all the xxx and then my pictures will be the best and everyone will run to me come to me right that's one error because man there are so many friends we've made in this industry who I'll never attain to how amazing their work is yeah but they they have struggled with their businesses mm-hmm. um, despite their talent and there are people who their pictures are like yeah they're not my they're not my thing but they're rocking it on the business side mm-hmm. because it all comes down to um, your marketing your branding and you're finding your clients and that's mm-hmm. where the success lies um, so how do you, how you do that? You have to realize that all those little people down there, the market, as we call it, there's not just one market. You learn that the market is actually divided up into like six or seven different types of markets that we can talk about. Okay. And if you can just find, what you want to do is find that market that really, um, that meshes best with your Brand, and I don't just mean like your style of photography, but what you're about, mm-hmm. your values, um, the people you can connect with that way, the people you can connect with who are good candidates for what you offer. And remember, right. as photographers, we we don't sell commodities. Even if you're selling prints, we as photographers are not in an, a commodity industry, okay like a box store, like a Walmart or sure. someone who's selling stuff off the shelf. Um, we are. We're in an industry that is a luxury type of service. People do not need photography right. to live. We have right. seen that close up and personal. Right. Um, people need food and shelter, mm-hmm. but photography is—it's like having a hot tub or something. Like, it's a wonderful thing to have. Mm-hmm. I've, I value photography personally. I have pictures of you know my family going back generations on my dad's side, and they're amazing. They let me—they—they kind of give me a piece of who I am and help right. me find my identity. Yes, and photography serves so many important purposes, but you don't need it to live. Right. And I feel like a lot of us are like, and it really comes down to a lack of confidence. But we say, okay, I I can't I can't ask that much money for for, <laughs> for what I do. Right. So right. I'm going to be very kind. And mm-hmm. these people who don't really want to pay for photography, who don't really even value it that much, I'm going to give them photography because mm-hmm. they need it. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it for cheap. And yeah. and what you end up with is a bunch of starving artists in right. our industry. Right. And a bunch of people who are benefiting from. They're overwork and workaholism, and those people don't even really care about the pictures that much. Right. And so, I, what I would love to see is more photographers change our attitude and realize: listen, I'm not going to be greedy. And when I ask, when I charge what I'm worth in my business, it's not because I'm being greedy; it's because what I'm going to do by charging more is attract people who really value photography. Right. And I'm going to succeed so that I can turn around and take the extra time and resources I have and I'm going to pour out my charity on people who really desperately need it. Mm-hmm. Not people who just need cheaper pictures. Right. So I think that that's, um, that was the big picture dining room table and then the meat and potatoes came to the realization that, we didn't even know part of our market because we were poor. So we didn't like know that there was this... Right, these, no, I get that. These yeah. wealthy people. Yep. And so we started realizing we don't need to like spend our marketing dollars on billboard-style advertising that someone might see it and call us up and we, we hope to be discovered. No, we went right to the point um, and because we were already wanting to help charities more, we decided what's something we can do that can give back and help us. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest strategies that's worked for us for 10 years now is... Um, or eight, I should say, because we started at two years in, um, is going to charities we care about. Um, all of all of these fun, uh, charities have to do fundraisers and stuff just to keep their good work going, and they they need help desperately as well. Sure. So we could we could give them help by donating portrait sessions to their fundraising events. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who come to charity events are people with disposable income, who share your values, um, and and they they're the perfect candidates for us because you know. One, we know that they have money to give to charity, so they might have money to give for pictures. And B, um, when we when we follow up with them or send them an email and say thanks for helping us support this charity that they're already familiar with, then we have we already have started a relationship with them based on our shared values. The we both have experience with you know, chari- the X charity that we both support, right? Um, and so that has become a real client base for us within an over over overall poor market, but there is that group of people who are doing well, who are doing meaningful things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we, we've loved getting to know them right. on a personal level as well as, um, allowing them to <laughs> support and grow our business. And it's just, it, to me, it's just this beautiful cycle. It's like the circle of life. So it's I want to like like, the
0: more you give, the more you get type of philosophy. Yeah, it,
1: it is. And you know, I am, I love theology and stuff and I am, I'm not, um, by any means like prosperity gospel (laughs) like do good things and you will be rewarded with riches Mm -hmm. a lot of times you know what we I think it's important that we have to give up comforts um, in order to do the right thing Mm -hmm. Um, but there's there's no doubt um, in my mind that uh, that when when you are intentional about serving other people this goes back to like classic Dale Carnegie stuff like how Mm -hmm. to win friends and influence people right um, if you haven't read that book, you've got to read it because um, it's it's over 100 years old, but it rings so true and it's it's required business school reading. And it's, it's an easy read, but basically he's explaining human nature in that mm. book and makes such a clear case for the fact that um, if you want people to – if you want to collaborate with people and find ways to grow your, your business um, – and and so forth then you have to find a, something that adds value to that person not just go ask them for a favor so that translates very concretely into the wedding photography for sure generate uh industry let's say you don't go you can drive around all day and you know most of us don't even drive and meet a person we just send an email like i'd love to be on your vendor list mm. can <laughs> you do me a favor scratch my back is yeah. what we're saying yeah that's yeah. not going to turn into relationships right right um, but if you can find a way to offer value to someone, so if it's going to that venue and saying, Hey, I would love to, um, come and really just spend a day getting great commercial shots of your space. Let me interview you. Let me do a video and interview you, the right. owner talking about your, space. put together a promo piece that you can use and, and you're doing good for someone. Then it's just natural that you now have a relationship with that person and they're right. going to think of you first and they're going to reciprocate uh, most people maybe some people don't have any empathy but most people are going to reciprocate that and give back so is it
0: is it from a practical standpoint is it put yourself out there pick up the phone start making oh, contacts and is that is that what it looks like is that what the yes yeah okay. well, i mean
1: you're you're hitting the nail on the head okay. it's so much <laughs> i'm just of- going
0: through it in my head like what so if i want to implement this let's say i'm listening and i want to implement this that's really what i have to do is kind of hit
1: the bricks the the biggest stop gap for people and their businesses, I think the reason that, what's I forget what the number is, but um, I think it's in the photography industry, is higher than most industries. It's something like in the first five years right. of, um, maybe it's the first three years, mm-hmm. about 70% of those who try to make it fail in that first right. three years. Right. And then in the next couple of years, it's even more. So if you if you look at the difference of why are some succeeding, why are some failing, I think so many of us just want to be discovered and we kind of um, you know, we, we do all the things that we see being done. We kind of follow like sheep. So we see people doing Instagram like crazy and oh, if I had a million followers, my business would be easy. And so I'm going to spend all of my time and energy, my precious time and energy on learning Instagram. Like we don't need, I mean, we, Eileen and I like, Instagram is the only social media I I actually enjoy. So we love to connect with people there and you're welcome to follow us. But you'll go there and you'll find we don't have a lot of followers. Right. We're not like social media king as in Queens. Right. But um, because we know that if we just put that on the table and say, "Ah, I'm only going to Instagram once in the morning because I don't have time for that distraction. Right. And then we spend the rest of our time and energy and like adults focus on <laughs> real relationships, <laughs> then that is that's exactly what you said. It's hitting the bricks. It's, it's getting out on the road and meeting people face to face. Maybe social media was a novelty at one time. Now oh. everybody's on it. Right. And you know how you stand out? It's because you're the person who came and met someone face to face and looked I them like in the piece. eyes. Right. So I think I think it is hitting the road and, that, and that doing it. does an awful
0: lot too. And and you're making a big impression that like you said earlier. Is gonna stay with that person. Totally. Yes. All right. Absolutely. All right. How, what's it like, real quick? I, I'm just curious. What's it like working with your spouse?
1: You know, I can't complain because, well, I've got the best wife in the world. You have the right? best one, right? Okay. So I'm not just saying that. She's wonderful. It. But um, we, <laughs> this, these are like decisions you need to make early on, mm-hmm. or, or you know, at any point if you, if the decision needs to be made. We have friends who are wonderful, strong marriages love each other to death, committed to each other. God knows they should never work together yep. though, right? <laughs> so that just being honest, like yeah. it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is maybe for you, for Eileen and me, personalities aren't perfect. Like we do have to actually um, work on it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that it just is easy, but our personalities do blend really well to work together. Um, and so there was certainly at the beginning where we, we were learning every aspect of the business together. So right. we were always looking over each other's shoulder. Everything took at least twice as long, <laughs> second guessing each other. And really just just with enough experience, um, we've we've come to know that probably the biggest quality in working together is trusting one another. Hmm. And that means I'm going to flip my computer around so I can't see yours because I know however you edit that photo it's going to be fine. It doesn't have to be edited the way I would edit it. So, so we've really delegated things over time. Uh, we used I like to sh-
0: the delegation piece. I it, like, Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have three kids. We homeschool them. Um, and so even just uh, deciding in our life that our values are family mm-hmm. and um, and, uh, and quality time And we decided, okay, so we could get babysitters and um, like both work nonstop and probably book this many weddings per year. But, you know, we're very happy booking this many weddings per year, especially since we can, we've learned how to charge more. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to do is, you know, Philip is going to work in the morning while Eileen teaches the kids Mm -hmm. their homeschool. And then we're going to have lunch together. Mm -hmm. And then Eileen is going to go and do all the retouching and wedding book design and communication in the afternoon while daddy gets to be daddy daycare. Right. And, and so right now we're in a good place where, you know, we've, we've wasted years in the past for sure, but we're in a good place where we've learned. It's important to, um, grow your relationships in life just as as important as it is to grow your business. Yeah. So making whittling out time for that. I think
0: think that sounds right on the money. Mm. This was great. I, I really, I like, I'm struck by what the decision you guys made way back when, when, when things seemed sad or difficult, um, both personally and with your business and you decided, uh, together to take that big leap and, and really give back, Hmm. um, that's, that's, that stays with me. But I also think that, that, that there is a lot to that just in general, um, regarding business. Especially when and even if you're in a bad market or w- what you would consider a bad
1: market, because it might not be uh, as bad as yeah, you think it is. Right. right? There's a little mic. There are little micro markets. Yes. Within that bigger market, and that's really what you need. We all need to l- need to learn to see more clearly, and then target it. Um, And that's where brand, and there's all kinds of conversations that play into that. But then that's exactly right. Just honing in. There is a good market inside of every bad market. But
0: I think the grassroots piece makes a lot of sense, too. That hitting the bricks, grassroots, getting on the phone, getting yourself out there, meeting people face to face. Old school. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you connect with them initially um, on the interwebs. Uh, But at some point, to meet somebody face to face, shake their hand, look at them in the eye, um, have something ready for them, whether it's a pitch deck or a portfolio, whatever you have, and have that conversation. Um, I, I think that says a lot. And worst, the worst that someone can say is no thanks. Right. <laughs> right. And then you just move on to the next person.
1: Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, doors are closed in our face. Someone says no. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of always assume now, I just assume that means no for now. You know, okay, not not a permanent no, right? I like that too. So just taking that attitude. sometimes, sometimes doors. You know, I, I'm a I'm a spiritual guy, and I I I hear a lot in the spiritual, you know, in the religious world, people talking about, you know, if you, God might just close that door to you, so mm-hmm. you don't go that way. Sometimes I feel like, um, and I've read this in a in a book uh, recently. Love does, and I love the way he phrased it. Um, but that sometimes th- there's a closed door and God expects us to kick the thing down. Like sometimes you have to do a little extra <laughs> and w- that's Bob, that's uh, Bob, Goff? Bob that- golf. Yeah. 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 Um, quite an amazing and humble guy. Yeah. Um, so worth, worth the read. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's when, when you're willing to work hard and it's, and you're, you, you work honestly. Yeah. And you have some integrity in what you do, mm-hmm. um, man. That, that it stands out. Yeah. Like you don't have to do a lot to stand out in this world, right? Because there's a lot of people trying to cut around the, you know, cut cut across the corners. I heard
0: somebody say recently one of the one of the rules for living is tell the truth, or at the very least, don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know what? There's something to be said for that, it, especially in the business world. That means a lot. Indeed. You know. Um, Philip, thank you for your time. This is great. Um, I I do hope that people take this with them and think to themselves, "Oh, if 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 they're thinking to themselves, it can't happen here." That they'll give that a second thought at the very least, yeah. and and give it a shot by by really trying to make it happen.
1: Can I tell? Um, when you said that, it sparked one last picture, yeah, one image in my mind. Yes. Um, if if anyone ever if they come to a workshop at our house now, I feel. We, we feel so blessed, like we don't even know what to do with the house we live in now. And we have a, a custom studio that we built on our property and that's where we host our workshops. But this is what people don't realize when they come to the workshop, is that we've we've been in our house for about three years now. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we had to move because we were in the adoption process and our house wouldn't fit an extra kid. So mm-hmm. the house we've lived in, and even when our business was doing gangbusters, was 1,100 square feet, smaller than our current studio. Mm-hmm. And it was in a neighborhood on the far side of town where when our luxury clients came to meet us in person, this without fail, you know, they're driving in the grass. The lawns are mostly unkempt and long. Mm -hmm. The first house you see on the corner is burnt out with blue tarps over it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then they'd pull up to our house and we'd always get the phone call. Am I in the right place? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? We, we always, we didn't, we had to kind of choose not to be ashamed, but we would just say, yep, yeah, we're not ashamed. We're in the you're in the right place. Come on in. And when they passed through our front door, didn't matter what was outside, because the experience and the presentation, the way we treated them when right. they came inside the door, um, is all that matters. People will accept you for you. Mm-hmm. Don't don't leave. Don't just look at externals and and be discouraged. Um, yeah, you can totally do it wherever you are. I think that's good advice. Thank you.
0: Thanks for your time and have a great, wonderful rest of your time here in Las Vegas before you go back to your beautiful family.
1: Thanks. Enjoy it. and Hope to see you on
0: the other side. Thanks, man.